I don't care who's first or who last, but I know that y'all just better rock this at the drop of a dime, baby. Welcome to the Football Cypher here on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and you can follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. I'm joined, as always, with my fellow analysts, Chris James, Gene Clemens, Teron Davenport, and Brandon Howard. You can follow Chris on Twitter at CJFlorida9, Gene at Gene Clemens, Teron at T Davenport underscore NFL, and Brandon at B Howard underscore 81. Make sure to follow, I'm sorry, make sure to subscribe to the Football Game Plan Podcast on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. That's where you can find all of our many different shows. You can also find them archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And finally, don't forget to check out and subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network on YouTube, located at youtube.com slash footballgameplan. And if you're not familiar to what a rap cipher is, it's a crowd that forms in freestyle raps as they pass the mic around. Well, it's the same thing here, except there won't be any rapping going on. We'll just pass the mic around and keep the football takes flowing. Now, we're going to kick off our NFL team previews in the Cypher. And in this episode, we'll take a look at the Chicago Bears and some of our biggest questions heading into the 2017 season. Gene, go ahead on and kick this one off. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Bears and, and what they've done in the draft, what they've done in free agency, or better yet, some of the things that they haven't done. Um, and I just wonder, are the Bears trying to win now? You know, that's that's a really good question. Uh, I think really it, it all comes down to what has happened at quarterback. And I, I just cram to understand how they're, they're paying, what, 15, 16 million for Mike Glennon. And then on top of that, they move up to get Mr. Trubisky, a guy who's clearly struggling at this point in, in, in training camp. So I think, you know, everything all starts with the quarterback and what they've done is just they, they've paid draft picks and millions of dollars to have crap at quarterback. That's really the bottom line. So I can't say that they're trying to win now. I don't have a clue what it is they're trying to do. I, I mean, some of their other draft picks, you know, Shaheen is, is a guy that's, that we've all talked about. Obviously, Tariq Cohen as well, uh, Jordan Morgan, you like him out of Kutztown, uh, the guard. But I, I just I, – I don't know what they're doing. So I can't say that they're trying to win now with that QB situation that they've created. Yeah, the, the Bears definitely aren't trying to win right now. And I think they know that they aren't going to, to win right now. Um, it, it's going to be some time before the roster gets up to, uh, to par to where they can expect to win week in and week out. There's nothing there right now that says that we're going to be able to put up points every week uh, to, to be able to give our defense a blow. Um, it, it's just not going to happen. Uh, I, I understand people like Jordan Howard. Uh, you know, I, I, we'll probably get to that in a little bit, but he, he's an okay player. And um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I, I'm not too sold on it. And also with the draft that they just had, they have to understand that it's just going to take some time. And this is definitely not the year. So I'm going to use semantics on this one and answer the question, are they trying to win right now? I believe they're trying to win right now. I believe in their mind they believe 
You're bringing a guy like Glennon, ball control, don't do anything silly. That's what this seems like they're trying to do. And on defense, it seems like they're trying to establish themselves again as a defensive unit. And outside of the Mitch Trubisky disaster, and that has nothing to do with the player himself as far as a person, but moving up one spot to get a guy that San Francisco had no intention of getting and the player you never even talked to him, tragedy. But outside of that, their draft was excellent in my opinion. I think they hit on all the rest of their draft picks. Uh, I think they're trying to win right now. Will they win right now? No. They're an incomplete football team who's likely not going to get to the median 8-8 eight and eight point in this 2017 campaign. I think they are trying to win now. I, I, like Chris said, they, they like I said before, I love what they did in the draft. And like Chris mentioned, they knocked it out of the park in that capacity. I do believe they're trying to win now. However, you can't ignore their first-round pick. And you can't ignore their free agent signing in Mike Glennon. To me, that's going to be a waste of what is a very good offensive line, a very good and improving defense, and some good pieces at tight end and at wide receiver. So I think they are trying to win now, but they still have a huge question mark at the most important position. Yeah, no, I, I think that the, the, the problem with thinking that they're going to win, that they're trying to win now is how they're going about it. They, they, made, a, they made a superficial move in Mike Glennon to give their fans some type of, of hope and, and prayer that they're actually trying to win. And then they did nothing to really help him try to win after that. Um, they went out and drafted a first round, a first overall draft pick um, with a quarterback that none of us think is that good um, to come in and help. Obviously not. He's coming in to be groomed as the next guy. But you just paid Mike Glennon starter money to essentially be like a stopgap guy. And a stopgap for what? You didn't, re- you didn't sign any receivers. Your running game is supposed to be good, but I think all of us think that, you know, the running game slightly fugazi with the running back that they want to give the majority of the carries to. Um, and, and at the end of the day, like, who's going to stop what on the defensive end? I have no clue. Um, so I don't know if they're trying to win now, but I feel like they're trying to dupe Chicagoans into believing that they're trying to win now. And that, to me, is just it, – it's typical Bears. It's typical Bears stuff to do. Yeah, Uh we talked about the quarterback situation, you know, as far as how that factors into whether or not they're trying to win now. And me personally, if I was a fan and my team is selling me on the hope of Mike Glennon, I think my, my hope is going to actually not even exist. So that being said, how bad is this quarterback situation that they have in Chicago? I tell you what, if I were a Chicago Bears fan, um, I'd have to try to find another team to root for. <laughs> I, I I just don't understand what they're doing there and what they're seeing at the quarterback position that leads them to believe this current group, you know, is poised for success. Um, you know, and then if you pay Glennon all this money, I, I understand teams want to invest more into – the backup quarterback, uh, because, you know, you, you saw what happened in, in Miami this past year. Ryan Tannehill goes down, Matt Moore steps up and, and does pretty well. You know, he's able to kind of, you know, stop the sink from shipping, so to speak. Um, some people actually preferred Matt Moore to Tannehill. So, yes, you want to invest in the backup quarterback situation there, but 
to a point. Uh, Glennon has not shown anyone really much of anything to warrant the contract that he received. And then you spend more resources um, in, you know, doing what you did with moving up to, to draft Mitch Trubisky, a guy who started one whole year. That's it. Um, I just don't know what they're looking at at the quarterback position. Um, and I just I, – I would lose faith if I were a Chicago Bears fan. As bad as it is, it's still not even one of the three worst quarterback situations in the NFL. That's the the state that we're in in the NFL. I would say that the Jets is the worst situation. San Francisco is the worst situation. And Jacksonville is a worse situation. That being said, Mike Glennon was given money, and he didn't know it, but he was given, we don't think you're our future, but we don't have anything better to do, money. Basically two years, 18 mil guaranteed or whatever it may be. He was given money like a guy who's not thought of as a franchise guy, but quarterbacks go to high premium. Kirk Cousins is probably going to get $30 million next year. Think about that. So anyway, as far as Trubisky, he's got tools. Now, did he deserve to go number two overall? No, but hey, it already happened. So that's what they're banking on. Hopefully the young man's able to find something because everything else on the roster right now, you know, they have Connor Shaw, who's just a camp on from. They have Mark Mark Sanchez, come on. So I'm, I'm hoping for everyone in Chicago that Trubisky ends up being the guy that a lot of people think he is. I just don't see it. I think he's uh, a fairly average version of uh, Alex Smith. And that's a good comparison to Trubisky. My whole issue is that if you draft somebody, if you trade up to draft somebody second overall, he better be your day one starter because you're saying that this guy is the second best player in the draft. And we all know that Mitch Trubisky is not the second best player in the draft, let alone the second best quarterback in his draft class. So, and if we're being honest, I don't think he's better than Mike Glennon. And if you're the Bears, you're drafting him second overall, he better be better than Mike Glennon. And I think, you know, you could probably win some games with Mike Glennon. Statistically, he didn't look poor, um, and he played okay. But are you saying that Mitch Trubisky now is better than him and he won't see the field because you're trying to groom him? And we all know that you get better about actually playing football. So – what a waste of a pick. And if you're going to take a guy second overall, take the best one out the bunch. And we know that could have been a toss-up between Deshaun Kaiser, Deshaun Watson, or Pat Mahomes. So I don't understand this pick, and I think their situation um, is is still questionable because a guy like Glennon, I think, is still better than Mitch Trubisky, even at both of their best. Right. I mean, let's not, let's not mince words. It was a, it was a terrible – it's a terrible quarterback situation for um, Chicago to have in because you have a guy in Glennon that even when you paid him um, that guaranteed 18 in the first year, that's just, it was essentially hush money. It was shut the fuck up money. Excuse me, shut, shut up money um, because it it really said, hey, we, we're, we're paying you like a starter now, but we don't want to see you from then. He, he and his agent – just took the money and ran. They could not have believed that they were the future with that type of deal. And then you go out and you draft a Mitchell Trubisky, who, in my opinion, should have been anywhere from the third round back. 
um, to go in there to be the starter um, of the future or the quarterback of the future. I mean, you've got you've got a you've got a career backup as your starter. You drafted a career backup, and you're wondering why people are saying is there a quarterback controversy um, in Chicago? There's no controversy. They're both bad. Game over. You know, for me, uh, th- this situation makes me think of one of my favorite movies, and that's Dumb and Dumber. And there was a scene in that where he Lloyd said, just when I think you can't do anything dumber, you do this and go and redeem yourself. And, and that's the situation. I mean, they did the dumbest thing possible, giving Mike Lennon this amount of money. And then they turn around and trade up for a guy who we've all established is not even the the best quarterback at his position, not even top top four, top three, you know, top four, I have to say. So, I mean, I think this situation is terrible because not only did they limit themselves this year, but they limited themselves next year also because, I mean, you're locked into a guy that, I, I mean, let's face it. I, I really don't see how he's going to develop into that player that was worthy of being a second-round pick, worthy of or set a number-two pick, worthy of being a number-two pick that you traded significant draft capital up, up you know, to, to get. So I, I can't see their quarterback situation being right for a good five years. I mean, they've dug themselves a hole, and I, I just I don't see how they're going to get out of it. And if I was a guy like Kevin White, man, I, I would be pissed off. Yeah, and it's funny that you, you mentioned, you know, a, a veteran, a young veteran, but a veteran nonetheless. And my question kind of plays into the previous two questions that we've already uh, gone over here is, uh, did the front office disrespect the veterans uh, with their 2017 draft? It's a great question because it actually makes me think, and I have two different minds of thought here. I love what the what they did with their picks in the second round on. I really do. I think that they effectively got good players who not just can play football, even though they're from smaller schools. They got game changers at certain places. Like Shaheen can come in and be one of those tight ends. I mean, some people compare him to Gronk, but I think that he's just a guy who can come in and be the starter, especially with the injuries that the starting tight end has had pretty much his whole career. You got Tariq Cohen, who if you haven't seen him, just go look at clips on YouTube. The guy is ridiculous. So I think they did a good job on the back end. The Mitchell Trubisky thing, we've kind of talked about this and labored on it. The big thing that it did wasn't just picking him early. It was trading up and losing draft picks that are very valuable and allow you to sign more veterans. That was the big mistake they made. So they, they, didn't, they disrespected the veterans by taking away precious young talent that is on the cheap and not drafting enough of that talent in a, in a draft that was pretty much lorded over for the amount of mid-level talent they had. They could have traded back and picked up a lot of valuable real estate as far as players are concerned. See, I don't think they disrespected their veterans. I think this is a really good football team. They're a good young football team, and I think they have a lot of good pieces in place. Their two deep is impressive, in my opinion. They just really – I think the only part that they really disrespect the veterans – is by mishandling their quarterback situation. Because, again, statistically, Mike Lennon give, leads you to believe that he can play, right? But we've seen him get out there and play, and he does struggle with pressure because he's a little bit too slow in his delivery, slow in his windup, slow in his setup, and things like that. 
but he can definitely play some football. Trubisky is a rookie that I thought dealt with pressure poorly uh, at North Carolina, and he doesn't give you much more than you get at Mike, with Mike Glennon, especially when you look at a situation where Geno Smith was a free agent, um, Kaepernick was still out there, and you had a draft that had three bona fide A-plus first-round talents in Watson, Kaiser, and Mahomes, and you bypass all of that and take Mitch Trubisky, trade it up to get him. And this roster, I think, is ready to make a move to the playoffs. Problem is, they don't have the piece in place. And so those veterans, you know, to your question, Brandon, maybe so. Maybe the, the veterans may feel a little bit disrespected because players know players, right? Game recognizes game. So they probably look at this quarterback situation and say, like, man, we we may not win because we don't have that 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 dude, that guy back there in the pocket. If what if what Emory says is true, and I'm inclined to not believe that they have a good two deep. I think I think if you have a good two deep, you win more games. Um, John Fox isn't a dumb coach. He's not a bad coach. He's not Bill Belichick, but he's not horrible. And if your two deep is good, then you should win more games. In my opinion, though. If, if that's the case, then that is actually the reason why they should feel they should feel offended because they should feel disrespected. They should feel like th- these years are being wasted. If we have a two deep ready to win and all we need you to do is put a competent quarterback in place and what you give us is Mike Glennon and Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, that says that says everything you really need to know. I, 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 if I was a veteran, I would definitely feel disrespected just because, I mean, you, you put me in this situation w- with this guy to lead me this year and this other guy to be the future. So I would definitely feel disrespected. But above all else, if I was John Fox, I would feel disrespected because didn't he, didn't he not even know that this trade for Trubisky was happening? Yeah, no, right. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that's where the disrespect should be. Because here it is, you're having me bank my future on a guy that <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even know you were acquiring. So uh, I think veterans and coaches should both feel disrespected. Honestly, you, I think you're right about that, Teron, and that's that's something I didn't even think about because they're asking John Fox to hitch his wagon to somebody that he may or may not believe in. Um, so I, I think that yes, you know the the Bears certainly did disrespect their veterans and. and with their first round pick alone. Uh, when you do something like that and, and you mismanage resources uh, like that, you're basically telling the rest of the roster, the message you're sending to them is, you know what, we're gonna hold off on you know, winning for now. This is the guy, but he's not ready right now. We're gonna give him time. And you're thinking to yourself, what about my career? What about <laughs> me and my family? You know, so, Every NFL player wants an opportunity to win, you know, especially you know, everything that they have to put on the line week in and week out. And I really think that when you go and you do something like this in the draft and just the way that it was done, um, you know, it's just so backhanded. I, I just think that you absolutely disrespected um, your veterans and also the remainder of your front office. And that plays pretty much into my question because we talked about the amount of disrespect that the veterans may feel and the justified disrespect that John Fox should feel. The resultant could be the following. 
Will the Bears have the worst offense in the NFL? It's a good question. I, I don't think they will have the worst offense because the Jets are still sitting out there with their offense. Um, I, I struggle to see how they will put points up on the board. Chicago, I think their running game will, will help them out um, if they do things the right way. I think their defense has some playmakers on the back end that can take the ball away. But I think they won't have a great offense. They'll be right below average, but it won't be the worst. But I do think they have they have a great offensive line. If you do the right thing by putting the right running back in the backfield as a starter, they really can transform this offense. So I don't think they'll be dirt terrible, but they won't be good. They'll be probably average to below average. Yeah, I, I'll jump in. I, I thought I thought Gene was going to go. Um, the worst offense in the NFL, <laughs> that's a – Man, I, I think it's definitely possible. We've already talked about the quarterback situation enough. Um, you know, running back-wise, uh, they added some pieces, you know, that to help them out there. But um, I, I, worse offense. I, I'll go ahead and say, yeah, I, I think they can. They, their offense will be one of the worst. I think Jacksonville will definitely be in competition with them. But uh, I, I would say yes to that one. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. Uh, but I think they have a couple guys uh, on the flanks there that can make some plays, uh, provided they stay healthy. Um, you, know, you got you, you brought in, uh, you know, Kendall Wright, if he could kind of get things straightened out in his career. Um, Marcus Wheaton, he's not half bad at all. Kevin White, can he stay healthy? Um, you know, and also, you know, Victor Cruz is in that, in that same boat. So we'll have to see what happens there. They have some guys that can make some plays. Also, I like Eddie Jackson there on the back end of the defense. Uh, he's a guy that has proven, uh, even in his college career, that he can take the ball away. So I think that they'll give them almost Contra-style-like chances <laughs> to, to um, you know, score some points. And they'll keep giving the ball back to the offense. But what they do with it remains to be seen. Yeah, and the reason that I initially came up with this question is because I looked at the roster – and each of the parts looks decent to some extent. Like you were saying, the receivers could be decent with a better quarterback option. Right. The quarterback can be decent. I just don't like him in the Chicago weather or even with John Fox. I just don't feel like those two situations vibe. So I think there'll be too much turmoil for this to be a good offense. And when I say good, I mean a competent offense. I think they're, they're going to be battling the Jets for the worst offense in the NFL, not because they have bad pieces, but because there's going to be way too much turmoil in that locker room if they don't win some games early. Shout out to Brandon for the contra reference, too. I caught that. Yeah. <laughs> 30 lives. All right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm back with you. I just thought it was – I think it was interesting to think that any other offense um, in the league can be as worse as the Bears this year. I just – I don't – I mean, I think the Browns are like, – like, that's what everyone will say. Oh, well, there's still the Browns out there. But I think the Browns are going to be so much more improved this year. Um, They've got more weapons. I just don't know – I don't know. I don't know if, if, if anyone's going to be worse than, than the Bears this year. I just don't I, – I, I don't have any faith in, in either quarterback. And if we're saying it's a quarterback-driven league I, league, I don't see how the Bears win this year. Yeah, it's going to have to come with – defense special teams in their running game and that ties me into my question uh what are you guys' thoughts on jordan howard you know whether it be from a talent perspective and also do you think he's the best back on the roster i think you got to give him respect for what he did last year 
Um, he's he's definitely the incumbent coming into this year, but I think there's a more talented running back on the on the roster. It will just matter if the Bears give him an opportunity to prove it. Um, and and if that's the case, then Jordan Howard and him can make a a great complementary backfield. Um, but I again I can't hate on what Howard did because it's hard to be a running back in the NFL, and he was successful at it. He had a lot of success last year. Um, even though I think that his skills are limited or not, if not limited, peaked, um, I don't see him getting any better. My thing with Jordan Howard is obviously he, he had the, the stats, you know, last year. He, he, you definitely have to look at that and recognize that. But, I mean, when I look at what he did last year, it, it's a lot similar to Alfred Morris, what, what, what he did with, with the Redskins. And I, you could go even further back and look at a guy like a Steven Davis. And these are guys, they they put up numbers, but there's nothing that they do really well to make you say, that's a running back that I need to have in my offense. And you look at the guy behind him and Tariq Cohen, a much more dynamic player, a guy who can hit that home run for you from anywhere on the field. So I think if you want a big-time playmaker, you will put Tariq Cohen in there more times than than not. So I mean, Howard to me, like I said, he, he's a he's a guy that doesn't, you know, he, he's average. There's nothing that he does to make me say I have to have him. Yeah, I I, I got a chance to see Howard in person um, in college, and when I look at him, um, you know, play the running back position, he's he's very basic. He's a, he's a basic running back. Uh, he's he's going to hit the hole, head north and south. Uh, that's his game. Um, I'm not really a fan of his footwork, change of direction, and as a result, you see these wide rushing lanes open up, and you want you you look at a lot of his runs, some of his big runs, and you realize that there's some yards being left out there on the field. Um, so so that's what bothers me. He does not maximize yardage, and so that's why when people say that, oh well. The Dallas Cowboys overdrafted Ezekiel Elliott when they could have had Jordan Howard. And I look at that and it upsets me because Ezekiel Elliott is, you know, far and away a better running back than Jordan Howard. It's not even, it's not close. It's not even close. So I understand people say, hey, you know, the Dallas Cowboys have, you know, the best offensive line and your mom can get 500 yards behind that offensive line. But if you look closely at what the Chicago Bears were able to do uh, with some of their, their blocking scenes last year, they opened up some large rushing lanes for Jordan Howard. And I just feel like there was a lot of meat left on the bone. And I feel like that's something that Tariq Cohen, despite his size, people make a big deal of the size. He's only 5'6". He's a smaller guy. But his quickness, his change of direction, his footwork, uh, and his, his long speed, vision, all of that. He's got it all. And if they give him the ball early and often, um, you can see some special things happen in Chicago, but I, I doubt that they give him that opportunity. Chicago was one of the best teams in the NFL last year in yards before contact, meaning that they opened holes. They have high-quality blockers in the interior, and they drafted more young guys who are talented for that line. They know what they want to do as far as running the ball. Jordan Howard, he deserves respect. I don't care who you are. It's not easy to go out and rush for 1,300 yards or whatever it may be in the NFL. And it's definitely harder to continue to do that if you don't have a certain level of talent. 
yes, he's a basic running back, but he deserves respect for what happened. As far as Tariq Cohen, we've all slaughtered over him and said this. Uh, he's clearly the most talented running back on this roster, but it's funny. It's like the Bears have this mental mindset that he didn't fit the mold. Did you realize that the Bears have drafted a running back every year in the fourth or fifth round for the last four years in a row, whether it was Kadeem Carey, then Lankford, then last year was Jordan Howard in the fifth, and then this year again, Tariq Cohen. That being said, I don't even know if they're going to give the proper chance to Tariq Cohen because they might throw him down down the depth chart to the point where he doesn't get offensive touches and he only plays on special teams. And it'll be a travesty because, as Brandon said, there were more than a few yards left on the field that Jordan Howard just physically could not make happen. And here's the thing. You look at his 1,300 yards, and, and Gene's right. You can't take anything away from him because he was able to get the yards that were there, average 5.2 yards a carry, which is impressive for a running back at any level, um, and ran for 1,300 yards and I think was like one of the top three rushers in the league. So that And didn't start the season. So that's great for him. Problem is, when you're looking at a pro team, you expect better. And this is a guy that, despite those yards, despite that yards per carry, you don't remember any of his big runs, right? You don't have any run of Jordan Howard etched in your brain. And I think that's an issue. You talk about Ezekiel Elliott. You could remember, like, at least five to six runs from last year. Like, man, remember Zeke had that run against XYZ. You don't get that with Jordan Howard. You maybe get one run for Jordan Howard. And if you go back and watch the tape, there were huge holes credit to their offensive line. The offensive line did a great job in blocking, but he's running right into the safeties. He's running right into a linebacker. He's running right into a strong safety or a corner. And you have to just think, man, if, if this was a guy like, let's say, Ezekiel Elliott or a guy that's on the roster into Rick Cohen, those would be touchdowns. And this is a guy, Jordan Howard, that last year scored only six, three of which came against San Francisco in a snow game. So he doesn't put the ball in the end zone. So if he doesn't put the ball in the end zone, despite having that healthy yards per carry average and a lot of those yards, those, those 1,300 yards, I question how good is he as a feature back. So I think he's probably more relegated to a complimentary role like a Marion Barber, and the Bears will have to give the ball to a guy that they have now on the roster that can put the ball in the end zone from multiple uh places on the field i think that's why i'm more of a Tariq Cohen fan than jordan howard and why i've always said they needed a back we saw this last year or the year before last with dallas uh drafting ezekiel elliott when they had a thousand yard rush in darren mcfadden you knew mcfadden ran for a thousand yards that was great but you felt as though man they need more they need something else and a guy like elliott was going to give them that and we saw that play itself out in a huge way last season. There's not much more that could be said than that. To be honest with you, that's why we're all sitting here with blank faces. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that that that's that's what we do, man. We we leave it all out on the table. I mean, it's, we mic drop or whatever, but, you know, we hit it. So, I, you know, I think we cover the Bears a lot, man. I just want to get you guys' thoughts on uh, Chicago in the NFC North, which should be a competitive division once again this year. Starting with you, Brandon. Yeah, I think that uh, they'll definitely be at the bottom of this division. I don't see um, who who they're beating. Um, you know, it, it's going to be tough sledding for them because it's going to you, – you're trying to figure out who their trigger man is going to be. Um, There's just too many unknowns. Uh, they're going to have some success on defense, but they're, they're young on the defensive side of the ball as well. So um, I just don't see them uh, 
surpassing anyone in the division right now. They're going to be one of the two teams in this division that wins six games or less. Um, the other one's coming soon, but Chicago's going to finish fourth in the division. I actually like what they have on defense, and I think their defense is good enough where they can win a few games with it. It's the offense I have an issue with. It's incomplete, and I feel like John Fox is almost set up to be uh, a lame duck coach. Well, I, look, I'm going to say this. I don't think he, John Fox is even almost set up. I think he is set up. And like like I said earlier, the fact that they went out and got this quarterback without him knowing, I think that really says it all. They could end up in a situation where they could catch another team thirsty for one of these, these uh, quarterbacks, and maybe they could capitalize by getting some draft capital for a team that's looking to move up. But that being said, I, I can't see how they – make their way out of the bottom of this division. So uh, they're, they're going to be a bottom-tier team in the NFL, period, let alone the NFC North. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do this year in the Windy City with all of the moves they made in the offseason. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Football Cypher. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. And for Chris, Gene, Brandon, and Teron, I'm Emory Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and this has been the Football Cypher on a football game plan podcast network.